Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. The year was 2014, and it was a pretty challenging year here at the church for a lot of reasons. We had grown very quickly. We were understaffed at the staff. We just weren't keeping up. We were dealing with some pretty significant issues. Um, As a result, I was probably working 60 hours a week. Some weeks I was working more hours than that. Um, any spare time I had during that time period, I was giving to my family. My kids were pretty active in sports at that time, so if I wasn't here a lot of times, I was out watching their sporting events, and actually, I really enjoyed that. That that part of it with the family was not a burden at all. In fact, it was really replenishing for me to do that. So I was giving everything I had here at the church. The rest of the time, I was devoting to my family. One area that I wasn't doing very well in was my health. I was out of shape. I was overweight. I was eating too much. I was eating the wrong kinds of foods. I wasn't exercising. About the only exercise I was getting, one of my sons played golf in college. I'd go watch him walk the course. That was pretty much it. And of course, I was in my mid-50s now, and guess what? The aging process had kicked in. Now, this didn't happen overnight. Um, Up until my early 40s, I didn't worry much about it. You know, I was pretty active. Things kind of changed because my kids got involved in activities, so I spent my time watching them instead of working out myself. Um, In addition to that, you know, as you age, it just happens, right? So I was gaining maybe one, two, three pounds a year. It was gradual. But by the time I hit my mid-50s, I was 40 to 50 pounds overweight. I hated it. I hated how it made me feel. I hated how it made me look. I was taking medication for indigestion and heartburn. I hated the fact that I had to spend medication on something that was a lifestyle choice. I wasn't about to go to the doctor because I did not want to hear what he had to say. I knew what he would say. It was not going to be good news. All the numbers were not where they were supposed to be. I, I just knew that. I wanted to change and had actually wanted to change for some time. And, uh, I was kind of in this cycle and this is the way things would go. Um, I would eat my way through the holidays get to the first of the year, realize I'd gain two or three more pounds, and say, okay, I'm going to lose some weight. And I'd get started. A couple weeks later, I'd go out to eat, and I'd look at the menu, and everybody else was ordering the big meal, and I would order it too. Or we'd have a nice meal at home, and I'd eat way too much, or I'd be sitting watching a football game on TV and go through a whole bag of potato chips. And I just think I resigned myself to the fact that it was just going to be this way. I mean, after all, aren't most guys in their mid-50s overweight and out of shape anyway? Knowing what it was doing to me didn't really change a whole lot. I had all the information. I knew all the facts. I knew not to go to the doctor because I knew I would hear information I did not want to hear. But that didn't motivate me. That isn't what did it. In fact, I think I just concluded this is going to be my new normal. I resigned myself to the fact that I probably wouldn't exercise again, especially when you're doing any running again, you know. 
I honestly thought I would never run again. Then something happened. I found my trigger. In the fitness world, they call it your why. Your why. What, what motivates you? What gets you out there? You know, what is it that can keep you going? Now, sure, I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to look better. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have better quality of life. I wanted all those kinds of things. But ultimately, that's not what motivated me. So what I want to do this morning is just share with you what it was that was my trigger, what motivated me. And here's what got me. I knew that ultimately my lifestyle wasn't pleasing to God. I knew I wasn't setting a good example of in how I was treating my body with regard to self-control, with loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Strength side referring to how I love God physically. To be honest, it bothered me because I had not I was not surrendered in every area of my life to God. Now granted, as you get older, it's more challenging. Changes take place in your body. So if you continue a similar lifestyle to that that you have when you were younger, you can still pick up weight. Muscle becomes fat if you don't do anything about it. But you know what? I didn't want to rationalize. I didn't want to make excuses. So one day I told God, okay, God, I'm going to do this for you. Sure, I want to live longer. I want to be healthier. I want to look better. But ultimately what matters most is what you think. I'm not treating my body as the temple of your Holy Spirit, and that's got to change. So 2014 was the year when I said, I'm going to get in better shape. I also knew that if I was going to do this, I had to take an approach that was sustainable. I didn't want to lose 10 or 20 pounds and then gain it all back in the next six months or a year. And I also knew that in order to lose weight, I needed to combine some dieting, some exercise, and the right sleep habits. All those things work together. In other words, I had to change my lifestyle. And I specifically remember when it started. The NCAA basketball tournament is every March. And a friend and I get together every year to watch the first round of the basketball tournament on all day, the first Friday, and it includes food, a lot of it, very unhealthy food. But man, it's great. Um, I decided I would eat indiscriminately one more time as he and I were hanging out together that Friday. But then starting that Sunday, it was game on. I was going to change my lifestyle. So I downloaded a fitness app. That Sunday, I set some goals for calories per day, balanced it with carbs, proteins, fats, all that. I tracked every single calorie I ate. And I also started to walk three to four miles a day. Then I started working in a couple bike rides per week. I also decided to put a goal in place, an event, because I knew that if I worked towards a goal, it would motivate me. I decided to do a triathlon in August that year. That was five months away. And I had one goal with that triathlon, 
to finish. Now, I had a couple sub-goals, too. One was not to embarrass myself, and the other was to not die while I was doing that triathlon. <laughs> so I started to lose weight, and it actually became kind of motivating. It, it, it was that snowball effect. I increased my exercise, I would walk, then I started working in like a slow two-minute run, the next time out maybe a three-minute run in the middle of that walk, and then a five-minute run. By August, I'd lost 40 pounds. I did the triathlon more. I swam half a mile, I biked 17, and I ran three. And I finished. Now, I did not send any records or win any awards, but I sure felt like I had. I was so encouraged. Not only because I felt better, not only because I looked better, not only because I knew I was healthier, and, and by the way, no longer taking meds for indigestion anymore. I wasn't taking any medication. But what was really meaningful for me, what I was, was I was finally taking care of the body God had given me. It was a matter of stewardship. When I knew that I was pleasing God physically, it helped me not only physically, it helped me emotionally and spiritually. However, I knew it was just the beginning. I was determined to make this a lifestyle. I was not going to gain the weight back. <laughs> I don't think I realized at the time what a challenge that was going to be. Weekly, daily, hourly. Eating right was the most difficult for me. Making a decision to exercise wasn't hard for me, and that's just me, but I enjoyed it. Making a decision to eat right was one I had to make 24-7. It was daily, hourly, sometimes by the minute. When I walk past the counter at work and there's a plate full of cookies, when I go out to eat and I look over the menu and all my friends are ordering those oh-so-good bacon cheeseburgers, when I'm sitting on the couch at 9 o'clock at night watching TV, and my mind tells me, Jerry, it's time for a snack. Then another one. Then another one. That's when it got tough. And honestly, since that time, and that was almost six years ago, it's been a constant vigil for me, a constant struggle. At times I fall off the wagon. <laughs> but in order to please God, in order to be a good steward of the body He gave me, I get up the next morning and I tell God, okay, remember, I'm doing this for you. The new day. I messed up yesterday, but you love me anyway. So today, I'm going to honor you again with my body. That is my why. Now, our topic today is health and fitness. You know, there's so much information available on this topic today. And let's be honest, most if not all of us, we know what we're supposed to do, right? It's pretty simple. We should eat right, we should exercise, and we should get enough rest. Rest being a really big part of it. Knowing it, though, and doing that are two different things, aren't they? So I want to share with you in detail this morning my why. Now, this is just my own personal journey, and yours may be different, and that's okay. Um, my prayer is that maybe my personal story can help you today. As I read the Bible, and I, as I began to read the Bible and look through what God says about this topic, here's the conclusion I came to. In other words, here's why my health and fitness are a spiritual decision for me. 
firsts. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God created my body. So He does have the right to expect me to treat it the right way. It's on loan from Him. And when you borrow something from someone, often you treat it differently, don't you? Like it's when your girlfriend's dad lets you borrow his really nice car to take her to the prom. Or when your boss lets you use his vacation home. (laughs) When you leave, you want it to be in better condition than you found it, right? So listen to the words of 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 in the Bible says this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, who was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. When you become a follower of Jesus, God gives you His Spirit called the Holy Spirit to guide you in life. He lives in you. So your body becomes His temple. God is living in you. Now listen closely to this. God in the Old Testament has a special relationship with the nation He called Israel. And part of that relationship included the Jewish people building this temple. And it was the center of their worship. The very presence of God was in the most sacred part of that temple. So they treated that temple with meticulous care. It was a holy and a sacred place. Have you ever owned something that was uh, really special to you? And so you treated it with a lot of care? Maybe as a keepsake, someone giving you from your family. Perhaps it was a gift given to you by someone special. One of my prized possessions is this little putter and golf ball that you see. It's because of where it comes from. On my bucket list was to go to Augusta, Georgia, where they to the course and see the course where they play the Masters Golf Tournament every year in April. I'd seen that course on TV countless times. And just looking at the scenery on that course, it was just breathtaking to me. And so I wanted to go there. And I got the opportunity about four years ago to go. So while I was there, I bought this little putter. It says Masters on it. And this golf ball that also says Masters on it. And they have the logos and so on. And today they sit in my office because they represent for me something I was able to cross off my bucket list. They represent for me a dream come true. One of my prized possessions. My body is the temple of God's Spirit. I am to treat it like a prized possession because of that. It's the place where God's Spirit lives. God's Spirit has taken up residency in my body if I'm a follower of Jesus. In other words, I have a responsibility. My body doesn't belong to me. My body was bought with a high price. And that high price was Jesus. When Jesus died for me on the cross, He bought me. Here's another reason why my health and fitness 
spiritual decision. I'm to give my body to God. Romans 12.1 tells me that I'm to offer my body to God as a living sacrifice. Check it out. Here's what it says. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. (laughs) I heard a pastor say once, the problem with living sacrifices is that they can crawl off the altar. Now, man, I've done that a few times. Um, You know, I actually think I have a sugar addiction. No kidding. Not all, but there are certain kinds of sweets that just tempt me like crazy. I don't try to completely eliminate them, but I do try to use moderation. But occasionally I crawl off, maybe I should say fall off the altar. Um, I know from reading the Old Testament that any time a sacrifice was to be given to God, God wanted them to give their best. Their best lamb. The first and best of their crops. That's how you give to God. That's how you give a sacrifice. Why? Because God gave us His sacrifice. And when He did that, He gave us His best. His one and only Son, Jesus. And according to what I read in Romans 12.1, I'm to give my body back to God for service. And I'm to give Him my very best. And to the extent that I can control that, that means a healthy, fit body. In other words, how I treat my body is an act of worship. Third, I'm to love God with all my strength. You're probably familiar with the statement that Jesus made. It's Mark 12.20. He said, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. What I've always considered this to be saying is that I'm to love God with my whole being, with my entire being. My heart, I love God with my heart because that's where my emotions are. I need to feel love for God. And I need to express that to Him. My soul is the center of my spirit. I need to connect with God in my spirit. My mind is the intellectual part of me. And my strength encompasses the physical part of me. I love God with all my strength. If I'm going to love God with all my strength, that means I had to figure out how to treat my body in a way that would allow me to give God the best of my strength. To do that, I have to live a healthy lifestyle. The way I began to look at it is that keeping my body in shape is loving God just as much as singing a song to Him on a Sunday morning in church. Next, I'm to live with self-control. Here's what God, through His Spirit, produces in our lives. These nine characteristics come if you're a follower of Jesus through His Spirit. Galatians 5.22 But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That last one, 
told me back in 2014, I had some work to do in the area of diet and exercise. Finally, I'm not to become a slave to anything. Listen to the words of 1 Corinthians 6.12. Paul wrote this as he did many of the things we're reading this morning. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Does it hurt to eat a piece of chocolate? An extra helping of mashed potatoes? No. As long as it's doesn't become a pattern that makes you unhealthy. Does it hurt to splurge a little bit on, at a New Year's Eve party? Of course not. Does it hurt to drink an occasional soft drink? No, you know, God's not some killjoy wanting to take away everything from you that you enjoy. But we're not to be mastered by anything. I love Mountain Dew. Always have, probably always will. But there's very little nutritional value in Mountain Dew. Okay, let me say that again. There's no nutritional value in Mountain Dew. But I like it, so I still drink it. But when I do, I try to like keep it to those little 7.5 ounce cans, you know, those little ones, and I try to control it. Yeah, I think the key word here is moderation. I think that's what Paul is telling us to do. If I can't do without, if I can't control my eating, if I continue to gain weight, if I'm overweight and not losing weight, then I need to ask myself, have I become a slave to this? Now, what I share with you today isn't to make you feel bad, to make you feel guilty, to make you feel judged. Guilt is a horrible motivator. And you know, if it deflates you to get on the scales, then don't get on the scales. This isn't about standing in front of a mirror and thinking negative thoughts about yourself or thinking you'll never be able to feel good about yourself if you don't lose weight. Making changes in your lifestyle and make changes in your lifestyle because you want to do it for Jesus. My prayer is that you'll be encouraged today and say, you know what? With God's help, I can do this. I can take my next step. And you can do this. This is the time to start, isn't it? The holidays are behind you. Hopefully all those temptations from the Christmas parties, the meals, the cookies are in the rearview mirror. And every year, the top New Year's resolution, of course, it's number one, is eating right, exercising, losing weight, stop smoking, or all of the above. Not only is it pleasing to God, but the health benefits you'll experience are so worth it. I want you to listen to a quote from a book called The Essentials of Exercise Science. If exercise could be packaged in a pill, it would be the most widely prescribed medication in the world. Wow. Not only the many documented physical benefits, but there are so many mental and emotional benefits. It decreases anxiety and depression. Now listen closely to this. This is so important to understand. God loves and accepts us already. How you treat your body isn't going to change that. All we have to do is to look to the cross where Jesus 
God's Son gave His life for us to know how much we matter to Him. You know, Romans 5, 8 in the Bible says that Jesus died for us while we were still out of shape. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> but what it does say is that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. He died for us even though we don't have it all together in many, if not most, areas of our lives. And a healthy lifestyle doesn't help God love me more, accept me any more than He already does. But when I know how much He already loves and accepts me, that motivates me to want to live in a way that will please Him. So my desire today is to encourage you just to take your next step in this area. You know what? I'm not suggesting you do what I did or try to do what I did. You don't have to focus on losing a certain number of pounds or doing triathlons. We're all different. I work out six or seven days every week, and I love it. It's my hobby. That doesn't mean I feel like it every day, but I've made a choice that's going to be part of my lifestyle. And you've got to do something that works for you. If you don't, you won't sustain it. And I would highly recommend that you start by consulting your physician. You know, the studies have shown that the number one way to lose weight is to share the experience. That shouldn't surprise us. All truth is God's truth. And we tell you all the time, if you want to make a change in your life, if you want to grow, you need to get in community with other people, right? So get together with some friends, hold each other accountable, encourage each other, and have some fun doing it. Some of my best friends in all the world are my workout buddies. Ladies, we have a perfect opportunity for you to do this starting a week from Tuesday night, January the 14th from 5.30 to 6.30 here at the church. It's for ladies of all ages. Check out your bulletin for details there. It's a Bible study called 40 Days to Faith and Fitness. It's going to include a time of exercise. Take advantage of this opportunity to share the experience while focusing on your faith and fitness at the same time. And guys, I would love to be able to offer the same kind of thing for you. In fact, I would be willing to meet for a few weeks and we could do a Bible study together. We could do a few basic exercises. I'm actually going to be out of town on vacation here near the end of January and into February, so it's not a good time to start something like that. But if this is something that would interest you, just email me at jerry at theridge.org and say, hey, I'm interested. And if there's enough interest, I think we could start something up in a couple months and see how it goes. Now, there's a possibility that some of you need to look a little deeper. And what I mean by that is, like, is there something, is there some trigger that's causing me to eat excessively or the wrong kinds of foods? Sometimes emotions can even be that trigger. And I know some of you are thinking, dude, I just like to eat. <laughs> and I get that. I, I mean, so do I. <laughs> we want to help you be successful. I want you to hear from Shayla, who attends here. Um, Shayla has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and exercise science from Indiana University. She has a master's degree in public health. She's certified by the American College of Sports Medicine as an exercise physiologist. She's been teaching fitness classes for the wellness program in Columbus Regional Hospital for 39 years. 
and has taught numerous classes at Indiana University on health and fitness. Shayla wasn't able to be here today, so we interviewed her a few weeks ago. Watch this. Shayla, you're very passionate about health and fitness. So what is your why? Why is it that you focus so much on exercise and your health and fitness? Well, thinking about this question, I've been teaching fitness classes for about 39 years, and I started because I like to dance. And what I notice is the energy that it gives me. Um, but and in that point too, in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, you're thinking more about you know, how you look, um, maintaining your weight. But I realized too that it's all changed through the lifespan. Now that I'm getting up there in years, it's a totally different thing. I still want the energy. I still, of course, want to maintain my weight. But I also want to be able to remain independent. I want to be able to run with my grandkids. Um, I just want to feel good and reduce my risk for lifestyle diseases, for heart disease. If someone wants to get in better shape in 2020, maybe lose some weight, eat better, and so on, what's the best single piece of advice you would give them? I think the best single piece of advice would be to find somebody else to exercise with. Friends, family, your spouse, whoever, because you will keep each other motivated. And just those days that you don't really want to go and do something, they probably will. And so the chance that you'll keep doing it goes up. I want to give you some excuses that people give for not getting in shape. And I'd like you to refute each of them. Okay. So the first one, I just don't have time. That is actually the number one reason people say they don't exercise. And what I have to say is you don't have time not to. That if you don't want to make time for your wellness, you will make time for your illness. So you have to learn how to fit it into your day in, in different ways. Just movement. Just move more throughout your day. I've tried and failed. That will just happen again. I love Henry Ford's quote, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Start each day new. Plan on just that day. Don't look forward. Just plan on that day of what you can do and not what you can't do. It's too hard. It doesn't have to be too hard. You start out slow. Start with baby steps. Increase your movement throughout your day. Then consider, okay, I've been doing this for about a year now, just moving more, walking more. Now maybe I'll have the goal of doing a 5K. But even then, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're moving more, it produces health benefits. I can't get motivated. I think just having somebody else to do this with will help. Like I said before, that just the adherence to exercise, 90%. I think another good thing to do is to get yourself something like a Fitbit, a pedometer. And I know people that they are addicted to that now, making sure they get their 10,000 steps in a day. So getting something like that too can help. What's one more thing you would like to say to encourage people to make a lifestyle change in 2020? I think that it's a, it's a combination of movement and of fuel. And I like to use the word fuel because that it, it's the food that we put into our body. But if we look at it, fuel, these are the bodies that God gave us. And we have to move through life with these bodies. And the fuel and movement are both important. I want to leave you with this. Um, back to one of Paul's writings in the Bible. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Here's what he said. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That says whatever we do, we should do for the glory of God.
But isn't it interesting that Paul decided to use eating and drinking as his specific examples? How I treat my body is just as much a spiritual act as reading my Bible, praying, serving, singing a worship song, or going to church. Let's pray. God, I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you for your unconditional love and acceptance of us. And my prayer this morning is that just could be our motivating factor for everything in life. We don't do it out of guilt or out of burden, but we do it because you love us and we want to give you our best because you've given us our best. So my prayer is just as we launch into this new year that however you're speaking to each one of us individually this morning, that we would respond, we would act, we would take the next step and just start this new year encouraged that we have begun a lifestyle or continue a lifestyle that is pleasing to you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.